You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, my juicy, juicy, splashy, wet, squishy friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging the puritanical, backward-ass ideals we have here in the United States. This is episode 105 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sunny Megatron. My wonderful co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg, who you will be hearing from in a few minutes. We're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and kinky perverts, too. We're also married. So this week, we're letting the floodgates open. I mean it. We're diving into everything wet. In other words, body fluid play with Luna Matatas. If you don't know Luna, you should. She's a sex educator with over 10 years experience teaching sexual health and pleasure workshops. She celebrates body confidence, self-adoration, and building shame-free pleasure in our lives. Luna is a self-identified craft slut. She created Peg the Patriarchy as part of her line of sex-positive and feminist merchandise. Seriously, uh, y'all need a Peg the Patriarchy shirt. And if you want to know what one looks like, check the show notes at americansexpodcast.com for episode 105. And I have posed an adorable picture of Luna in all of her pegging gear. Okay, so this is seriously one of my most favorite episodes that we have ever recorded. We start off our conversation with the question, why do we eroticize certain body fluids, but others are considered absolutely gross? Well, after we answer that, we slide right into a pool of all sorts of slimy, juicy stuff. We answer the age-old question, is squirt pee? Plus, we learn the secrets of vaginal ejaculation and some creative ideas for squirt play. Then we move on to golden showers. What's the appeal? Humiliation, degradation, dominance, something else, we tell you. Oh, and also diaper play for those that aren't adult babies. And of course, got to include how to play with piss safely. Also, we get into spit, tears, sweat, lactation, snot jobs, and more. We do ponder the question, and this is an important one, do boogers have a smell? Now, we were really stumped on that one. Do you have strong opinions about this? Have you smelled a booger? Have you smelled a strong booger? I don't know, but tweet me at atag Sunny Megatron because I want to know. And okay, so for this episode, you know, we're already sliding right into the snot pool. I want to give you a content warning. Yes, some of the things we talk about might make you completely squicked out. Hell, some of what we talk about completely squicked me out. There are even a few fluids we didn't get to because they squicked all of us out and we just couldn't. But it is important to point out that no kink shaming is allowed here. Your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay or otherwise known as Y-K-I-N-B-K-B-Y-K-O-K. That's the longest acronym. I don't even know why we've made it an acronym, but yeah, no kink shaming. But I'm sure as shit gonna acronym shame because that's a really long fucking acronym. Who thought of that? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's a good acronym. Long, but still good. Anyway, over on patreon.com, 
slash American sex. We get even more Luna. She tells us a bonus story about a hilarious incident with her sissy maid and her mother that you don't want to miss. And oh, wait, hold on. Wait, I'm looking at my watch. Oh, I'm old. I wear a watch. It's actually a Fitbit. So I'm with it. Totally with it. But do you know what time it is? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Our Patreon family is growing. I want to give a big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Samantha G, Black and Blue 92, and Steph for becoming recent American Sex Podcast Patreon members. We appreciate you so damn much, and we could not do this show without you. So thank you. If you're curious about Patreon, you can find out more about membership at patreon.com slash American Sex. Not only does your membership help support this show, you get lots of awesome perks too, like bonus stories from our guests, extra full-length episodes, all of our regular episodes early, American Sex Podcast stickers in the mail, a shout out on the podcast, random surprises, and a whole lot more. Now, I also want to announce a little listener appreciation surprise. We have a couple of die hard fans that we want to do something extra special nice for. So one, Maurice, you have been such a vocal supporter of the show from day one. And throughout the last two years, you've not only been chatting us up all over the internets, you have also helped us out with some stuff behind the scenes that you have gone absolutely above and beyond for. And also Brandon, not only do you religiously listen to every single episode your Twitter episode recaps are absolutely out of this world. Like I wait for them every damn week. American fuckers, if you follow my personal account or the American Sex Podcast Twitter account, you have certainly seen us retweet Brandom's awesome episode recaps. So we appreciate you both so much, Brandon and Maurice, that we got you a little gift on behalf of not only one of our sponsors, but also one of Ken's favorite brands, Manscaped. They are number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. They're also number one in Ken's below-the-belt grooming because he uses this stuff every damn day. So Maurice and Brandon, you're going to be receiving the Perfect Package 2.0. That includes the Lawnmower 2.0 Cordless Waterproof Electric Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner and Refresher. And I'm telling you, like I said, Ken loves this stuff. He has the most revived and refreshed balls. It's amazing. Um, you'll also get a Magic Mat set of three disposable shaving mats, the Shed Travel Storage Bag, and Manscaped Boxers. Plus, in addition to that, you'll get the Plow Safety Razor and a limited edition Manscaped t-shirts. Now that is $180 worth of Manscaped products. Plus, you know, we might throw in a couple of other things from our super secret prize and merch closet, you know, because you've gone above and beyond for us. We'd like to return that favor and go above and beyond to you. Thank you, Maurice and Brandon. So before we get to buckets of ejaculate breast milk and hey, maybe a little or a lot of snot, I also want to give a shout out to the folks 
at Life on the Swing Set. They are hosting the, quote, most sex-positive, inclusive, queer, and kink-friendly week at the number one swing resort, Desire Resort Riviera Maya. Now, this event is coming up fast. It's November 2nd through 9th. Plus, there are only a few rooms left. So if you've been itching for a sexy vacation and, you know, spending the week doing who knows what or who knows who, head to swingsetdesire.com for more information. All right, American fuckers, put on your rain ponchos because it's about to get wetter and splashier than a Gallagher show. Okay, did I just date myself? Does anyone under 45 even know who the hell Gallagher is? He's a really messy comedian that smashes watermelons with sledgehammers and you get stuff splashed all over your face, but instead it's going to be like semen and lactation. Okay. Anyway, here is Luna Matatas with Body Fluid Play. You know, every damn interview, I my brain wants to be like, and I'm super excited. And it's not that I'm not super excited, but I need and a new word. To talk about how excited you are. I am really excited <laughs> because we're talking, not only are we talking to Luna Matatas, which I don't know why the hell our planets haven't aligned before and we haven't actually like talked. Hello, Luna. Hello. I'm so <laughs> glad our planets are aligning. <laughs> I know, I know. But the planets that are aligning are the ones with oceans and rivers that are full of fluids. And pee and squirt. Yes. <laughs> I brought my it's umbrella. <laughs> awesome. Oh, awesome. You brought an umbrella. I got my rubbers on, and I don't mean the kind you put on your penis. Oh, I was like, what? You just used Those an old man word I'm, for rain boots. I'm an old okay. man. All right. <laughs> I'm allowed to do that shit. So this is a subject that I don't hear talked about, I guess, in the way that we're about to talk about it. Like, we're just getting a whole bucket of fluids and we're mixing them together and we're all we're talking about all of them you know i occasionally hear about someone's talking about squirt or someone's talking about you know whatever but people have certain feelings about certain fluids and this is where i want to start because i feel luna that we're all a bunch of big old hypocrites because some bodily fluids are amazing. Like, oh, I want your cum all over my face. And oh, it's so hot or your squirt or whatever. But then if it's like, oh, yeah, you want my piss all over your face? It's like, you, fu- someone call the police. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but really, they're all bodily you want me fluids. You to piss on the cops? <laughs> no, actually, that, yes. That'd be great. That would. Um, so it's not fuck the police. It's piss on the cops. Piss on the cops. Yes. <laughs> you know, peg the, the patriarchy, piss on the police. <laughs> you oh may have another shirt. <laughs> I don't want to get a cop uniform, but if I have to. Get on Amazon. Right? Um, but so why is it that, you know, they're all bodily fluids when it comes down to it. But why are some bodily fluids not only okay, but it's like they're fucking hot. We want to drink them. We want to rub them in our eyeballs. Maybe that's not a good idea. But <laughs> other bodily fluids are like, you're the most horrible person in the world for even suggesting that. So what what's what's that about? Yeah, I think that's such a good question, because there's definitely a a hierarchy of fluids with (laughs) in terms of attractiveness or acceptability or desirability. Um, And I think a lot of it, especially around when we're talking about something like pee, uh, we have a whole rhetoric around um, sanitation and hygiene and and even more than rhetoric. I mean, they're practices that are put in place for real good reason. And Mm -hmm. so I think when we move it into an erotic space, people are still carrying 
um, some of that stuff into where it's supposed to be more pleasurable and where you're actually intentionally creating an erotic space where you can play with even some of that taboo or that naughtiness or and and I think around other fluids we we sort of associate them with sex and um, through porn and, and just how we've been taught about sex it seems like we've got pee sort of really on the far end of things although I'm pretty sure you know when I'm squirting it's probably a little bit of both <laughs> so, right. so we may even still be experiencing some of uh, pee play or piss play or fluids that we're uncomfortable with, but we tolerate them or we embrace them to add to whatever sensation that we're, you know, enjoying at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's one that always got me. You know, Ken and I teach G-spot and squirting classes, and there's this big debate, and we also address it on our TV show, by the way, Sex with Sunny Megatron. We took squirt and pee to the lab. Not the same thing. Um, <laughs> and not to say can't get a little mixed up here and there, but generally not the same thing. Um, but the big thing is, okay, I, squirt is hot if I know that it's not pee. But the minute that I think it might be pee, it's like, is it pee? Is it pee? Because if it if it's pee, it's suddenly not hot. And da, 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 da. My attitude is like, so what if it was pee? Who like, cares? if you're so nervous, if you're so like, oh, my God, what if I pee? Just think you're going to pee. Like, get okay with that. <laughs> like, I don't know. what What's your philosophy on the whole squirt pee controversy? Ugh, mine's the same. Who cares? And I yeah. always ask my classes, I'm like, who thinks it's pee and who thinks it doesn't? And I answer the question with, who cares? And <laughs> I think part of um, the barrier for a lot of people who want to try and squirt or, or they want their partner to help them squirt is that they, they're embracing the same outward shame inwardly. And so how can you relax if you think you're going to do this horrible thing that's going to offend somebody and make a mess and, and it's going to seem like your body's out of control and misbehaving. And and so it really just gives us this question that doesn't really matter, but creates such a huge barrier to relaxing and being more mindful in the moment about does this feel good or doesn't it feel good? Right, right. So the three of us are all talking from a place of people who teach G-spot and squirting classes. And we know all about skeins glands. But for the American fuckers listening along, they might be like, well, how the hell does it all work? And how do I know it's not pee? So can you explain to us the mechanism by which squirting happens and the anatomy that it flows through so we can all get on the same page? Sure, sure. And, and I mean, it's, you know, the the public really has a, a disservice <laughs> in front of them, because we just don't have good information about these functions of our bodies when we're talking um, to young people when we're, you know, trying to search out even gynecological advice or sex advice as adults. Right. And so I was confused for a really long time. So anyone that's listening, that's confused. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's, it's not you. <laughs> it's the system. <laughs> um, and so when we're talking about what the, the mechanism is, um, the skeins glands are, are very similar to uh, the prostate in um, people with penises. And what we're, we're, the whole anatomy is shifted also when we understand like where the clitoris is, where the bladder is. So I would encourage folks to also kind of take a look at a, at a diagram, but mm -hmm. the skein's glands are very close to um, where the urethra functions and around there's all these delicious nerve endings. And so when we start to get aroused and all of that beautiful tissue starts to fill up in the same way that a penis would uh, fill up with, with uh, when it's aroused, we get this compression also around that area that tends to 
to feel like sensation as if we're going to pee, but it's the skein's glands filling up. Mm. And so we don't necessarily have, um, you know, the, the ability to kind of decide like, well, I want this to happen at this time. And I get a lot of questions around, well, how can I kind of manipulate my anatomy so that I don't squirt every time so that I don't make a mess every time. Um, and then the other half of the questions are, well, how do I, <laughs> how do I squirt? How do I make this happen? And so, um, and I'm not sure, I mean, you can certainly let me know what, what you've, um, encountered. But for me, there's there's so many different factors that come in beyond what the science and the capability of, of someone's body is and whether or not they're going to squirt. Right. And right. Uh, and some people also find, you know, when they have that um, first urination after they've had sex, that their um, their fluid is very clear. And so it's not necessarily urine. And so there is the possibility of the skin gland not emptying and going up into the bladder and then coming out after sex when you relax your genital area. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's so many variables in the way different people's bodies work. Yeah. It's, it's astounding. It's like some people are easy squirters and some people are like, where'd it go? And like you said, sometimes it, you know, goes retrograde into the bladder and comes out later and you're like, yeah. what's this? And, and, you know, and I know for me, I was always one of the, those people where I was like, well, how do I squirt? That sounds pretty cool. And now that I've started, I cannot stop. I cannot <laughs> remove a set of Kegel balls without squirting everywhere. Like I have now known if I'm removing Kegel balls, I need to sit on the toilet. Cause I was like walking around one day with no underwear and a skirt. And I was like, I've had them in long enough. And I just like squatted oh, no. down to just pull them out. And it's like, get a mop. Um, like, oh my goodness. The next time that happens, okay. I would love to see that. <laughs> I've never seen that. I hope that will sashay in with the rain boots and like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with your with your rubbers, with rubbers all the rubbers. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think another thing, and if you could talk just a little bit about this, is that a lot of people don't realize that squirting does not equal orgasm. Orgasm does not necessarily equal squirting. That they can happen independently or together. So, can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's such a good point. And and I think it's it's so relevant because so many people think that G-spot orgasms or squirting is like you're climbing up in the orgasm world and you're like up leveling. And really, they're just different. And they're, they're just different forms of your body expressing pleasure. And so um, orgasm and ejaculation in people with penises and people with vulvas happen separately as two separate events. And for people with penises, we tend to just see it as one, but it's just seconds apart. And so likewise, um, many people can squirt without um, necessarily orgasming. And some people have G-spot orgasms and really enjoy those. And some people also find the stimulation to the G-spot maybe doesn't add as much pleasure as, you know, we start to see in popular culture and Cosmo and telling us that these are the five things to do to get G-spot stimulation. It may just sort of be a nice relaxing uh, feeling for someone not leading to squirt or orgasm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for the squirting enthusiasts listening along, and Ken, I'm including you in that, because like, you know, when I'm doing my thing, and sometimes he just like, 
You almost remind me of like, I don't know, like an umpire. Is that umpire or a catcher? I don't know. I think that's catcher. The, okay, the squatty guy waiting. I'm, I'm not ca- coaching so, okay. or I'm not refereeing okay. the game. <laughs> yeah, you're like, don't work out. Two points okay. off. <laughs> okay. No one said I was good and at the You know what's funny? Ball. I kind of feel that way when really? I'm down Really? Like, yes. like you're squatting down. We're like, okay, yeah. like all over my face. Can you aim it? <laughs> like my face or on my cock. Like either one. I love it because it's wet. It's almost like uh, wet and messy. Like, ah. as far as that fetish is concerned, but it's like, I like both urine and, you know, ejaculate on my cock. I mm-hmm. think that feels amazing, especially like well, when I'm doing it with partners that I, you know, I'm using a barrier with in some capacity. Like if somebody can squirt on my cock and then give me a hand job, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. I love that stuff. And I'm curious for you, what is it? Is it the temperature? Is it just the thought of the fluid? Like if I squirted water on you and you, you were blindfolded and I was like, that was from my pussy. Would you well, be turned on? Well, first you would never say that. <laughs> I know. You don't have those stinking badges. No, you would say this from my pussy. I don't know where the accent came from. <laughs> but I kind of want to craft a scene where I do that and you're wearing a catcher's outfit and some weird shit's happening. Anyway, so... <laughs> And I convinced you, you know, it was my squirt. Would you know the difference? Is it just the mental aspect of it that's hot? Or is there actually something about the vaginal fluid itself? It would be really hard to replicate with water, first of all. Like it would, um, the temperature has to be just right because it feels like it just came out of a human body. Um, How it hits you and the amount, like if you've done it a few times, you kind of become an aficionado of it. Um, And there's, there's an odor to it and a taste. Uh, And so the first thing that like uh, the viscosity would be slightly different. The taste would definitely be different and the odor would be non-existent. Hmm. Interesting. And those are all things that go through my mind when we do this. Now it's, it's interesting that like in a lot of people, like one of their major concerns with piss play, I think is that they look at it as something dirty and then aficionados. There's people who are wrong by the way, that will say pee is sterile which is absolutely not true. And the one thing that we do know about the medical side of it is that people that have, say, urinary tract infections, that's something that you don't want to, you know, you don't want to do piss play while you have an infection in that system. Now, Luna, have you heard anything about that? Or do you know anything about the medical side of it? Yeah, um, there's a, a, you know, there's definitely like gaps in how we understand it um, from a medical perspective. But you're right. I think I've seen the same thing around around that urine is sterile and it's bacteria free. But because it passes through the urethra, I mean, that's the only way we're getting access to it. It's picking up any of the bacteria that might be there from um, UTIs, but also potentially chlamydia and gonorrhea. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And okay, I think so people y- kind of feel like there's um, always the assumption that um, piss play has to involve direct contact or ingestion or, um, I mean, there's there's a whole continuum of how someone can uh, play with urine and, and how they can eroticize it. Absolutely. In fact, I'm not a fan of drinking it. I'm more of a fan of like, I love it when people pee on me, especially mm-hmm. in my face while I'm wearing a Trump mask. Like that, that that was a fun me. night. Yeah, that was an amazing and, and, night. And and he wrote what did uh, we wrote the, red the, lipstick? Was it the fuck the patriarchy? Yeah. No, just that we wrote the patriarchy on my legs, and, and then, then we was, peed on it. And then like I was wearing a <laughs> latex apron, and then had a Trump mask on, and there was a line of people coming in to pee on me. It was it was kind of this awesome. And it was on inauguration night. It was on inauguration, so I was the first one to do it. Somebody else copied that shit and Vice did an article Ugh. about it. I'm OG when it comes to being peed on a Trump mask. Just saying. 
<laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I hear the passion in it. <laughs> so we've we've opened up a whole new piss can of worms. I want to kind of I want to kind of button up squirt, and I do want to move on to piss because I have a lot of questions about pee. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so for for the aficionados of squirt specifically, like Ken, mm-hmm. what do you have some idea? ideas or techniques or ways like let's say it's a partner couple they figured out how to squirt like what are some of the things like do do people collect it in vials and wear it around their neck like angelina jolie (laughs) that wasn't squirt it was blood or something but like what are some of the ways you can play with squirt yeah so for all of the people out there with beards Every time I see a beard, I'm like, I wonder if it's covered in squirt. <laughs> so, <I know. laughs> yours is. Yeah, I know Ken's is now. <laughs> um, but I think there's ways that, that you can kind of extend the life of whatever you're turned on by about the squirt. And so I'm very similar to, to Ken. I like the taste. I like the smell. I like I like the idea that I'm getting more of somebody and, and I get to be covered. And, and this is another way to access their, their goodiness and, you know, their essence. And, and so... So even the idea of, of wearing it or finding ways to also um, continue the play so it, and move it into other parts of your sex. And so, for example, if you like to go down on someone and they squirt on you and then maybe going up to their mouth and letting them taste themselves off of you. And for some people, that also helps with the shame around their fluids and finding um, a connection to it or an eroticism mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, I also find for aficionados, I mean, people who really just are, are so into it, you know, I get a lot of questions around the wet spot and <laughs> who has to sleep in the wet spot oh, or, yeah. you know, and, and prepping for something sometimes feels a little bit less spontaneous for people. But, you know, you can make that happen way in advance. I sleep with like a waterproof mattress pad and, you know, and then I throw a, some sort of waterproof thing or an incontinent pad on top of the bed. And, and that, that helps a little bit. But there are people who like to stay sort of covered in everything and sleeping in it feels really intimate and that they get to kind of continue the vibe. Oh, so there's yeah. some people that want to sleep in a wet spot. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Well, that just opens up a whole new world for me. Um, not me. It's not me, but, you know. Yeah, it is. Because it gets cold. Like, it's exactly. fine if it stays body temperature. I like to sleep in the wet spot. I do. Are you, oh, my gosh. Really? There you yeah. go. Why aren't we fucking on your side of the bed? Right now, <laughs> like, what? I didn't know it bothered you. The I, things I just assumed I learned. everybody liked it. No, I just assumed everybody hated it. Oh, my God. We've hit a breakthrough. Um. Okay. So... You you briefly can brought up barrier sex, and that made me think of like when it comes to squirt or or even pee. What are some of the risks that we have if we want to have safer sex with somebody? Like if I if I want to have safer sex, you know, with Ken, can I let him pee on my face? If I don't drink it, is that okay? Or if I drink it, is it bad? Or if it gets on my boobs, is that okay? Like what are some of the pro- or and, and same with squirt? You know, what are some of the precautions we should take with those types of things? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Um, so for sexually transmitted infections, when we're talking about fluids, um, or the ones that we're talking about, so blood is like a whole different category and usually has higher concentrations of things that we might be worried about in terms of infections. And so when we're talking about things like chlamydia and, and gonorrhea, um, definitely that you have options in order to create a barrier between yourself and, and the other person um, by things like dental dams and gloves, and also avoiding ingestion or penetration penetration of fluid. So if, yeah, if someone's going to, you know, piss on your head or, or piss on your feet or, um, 
you know, in another area where there isn't necessarily a mucosal membrane, then your risk is a little bit lower. And but anytime we're exchanging fluids, there is a possibility of transmitting something from the other person. And I really mm. have enjoyed piss play a lot um, with uh, casual hookups. And so often, you know, I'm going on the information that that someone has given me about their their own sexual health. So I usually decide what barriers I'm comfortable with and then assert those um, as part of how we're going to set up the play. Mm-hmm. And and so I usually avoided ingesting with people um, who also because, you know, lots of people are on medications and different things. And so that also comes out in, in their urine. So yeah, like could you be drinking their amoxicillin or yeah. their, yeah. their Cymbalta Spe- or whatever? Specific, you know? yeah. Specifically antibiotics or anything. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, so I have a question for you. One of the things that I have taken to, and I haven't needed to do this with you, is I keep a little bottle of liquid bandage in my play kit. So if somebody has a small cut, cr- scratch, or laceration, we can cover that if we want to do piss play. Do you think that's safe or is that unsafe? You know, that's a good question. I'm not really sure in terms of liquid bandages um, because, I mean, there's also, we can tell people to avoid piss play in the mouth if they've had recent dental work or if they've got a kink or sore or they've got any other kinds of uh, co-infections going on. Um, but I haven't seen literature that really says a specific to piss play. There's just so much not known about it. And so we're extrapolating what we know about urine and sanitation and putting it into what we know about STIs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm all about minimizing risk. So I figure, totally. you know what? A little tiny barrier is better than none. That's a really good point. Yeah. I love that idea for your kid. I'm going to do that for mine. It's a lovely idea. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. And if you're feeling really saucy, put it on somebody's labia and see what happens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to glue your conch (laughs) Drop the whole (laughs) bottle of liquid bandage on your hoo-hoo. Yes, I'm a sex educator and I just called a vulva a (laughs) hoo-hoo. That was the best part of it. (laughs) We need to have an episode like all about hoo-hoos. All about (laughs) (laughs) hoo-hoos. Okay, so P is probably a subject we can do a whole episode on. Like we had a, a segment on our TV show all about, it was a, um, a men's gay piss play party. And that episode got a lot of comments, a lot, I mean, not bad, but people were just like, whoa, yeah, like, a lot of whoa, just didn't realize what? it was a thing. So yeah. this is one of the funny things. So we had a Canadian documentary crew that filmed the majority of the show And they were not familiar and like it was my job to familiarize them with things like BDSM culture, what we do. And they, but one one of the members of the crew went out and bought a bunch of yellow rubber boots to give all of the crew members. So they won't get pee on their shoes. But what they didn't know is that's a, that's a, uh, a sexual signal for people that are into piss play, especially (laughs) in the leather community. If you're wearing yellow rubber boots, that means, oh, it's okay to pee on me. In fact, pee in my boots. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so we ended up like uh, the museum down there. There was, I think, a rubber museum. The Rubber Archives Museum. Yeah, the Rubber Archives Museum. Uh, got a pair of the, the rubber boots that we all signed for the uh, for the museum. I thought it was pretty funny, though, that, the, that you know, they had to choose the one thing that would indicate it's okay to pee on you. And the one thing they didn't want to do is get we'll peed get on. on. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty damn oh, that's funny. That's great. <laughs> but when we did that show, we had a lot of different reactions. And I think... You know, a lot of people are really squicked out by pee, by golden showers, whatever you want to call it. And a, one of the biggest assumptions I hear is that not only is it gross, but it's degrading, it's disrespectful, 
It's, you know, if you are peeing on someone, you are objectifying them, it's insulting. And, you know, first of all, objectification should be consensual. Like, you shouldn't objectify someone that doesn't want to be objectified, and you should negotiate them, blah, 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 blah. So I kind of answered that question. (laughs) (laughs) But, (laughs) so why are you here? Why are you even here, Loda? Why are you here? I'm just laughing along. (laughs) (laughs) So, but... That's only one outlook. Like people just assume it's degrading, it's gross, that's why you pee on someone. But what are some of the other reasons that you might pee on someone or you might want to be peed on? Yeah, I get that so much too. And especially if it's someone that wants to share their partner with their fantasy or share their fantasy with their partner, they are worried about what it's going to say about them as a person or what does it say about their pathology of, of their desire or are they deviant and maybe they're not even connected to the humiliation. So lots of people are into pee play um, for things like the fact that it's taboo so it can make you feel a little bit naughty and you get to be having the mood or the intention of feeling a little bit like you're doing something wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. And people are also into it because it can bring in um, um, humiliation or degradation themes or a power play where someone's receiving and someone's uh, giving. But it could also just be about uh, the sensations. And so even the same sensations that Ken likes in uh, Squirt, some people really like the warmth of pee. Some people like the scent of pee. Um, I always get questions about how do I make my t- my pee taste better, but some people also like the the super scented urine smelling type of pee. They're not looking for pineapple flavored pee, and so <laughs> <laughs> the warmth, the wetness, the it's a very sensory experience. And I um I hadn't. Uh, a partner that really wanted to be a human urinal. And I wasn't so much into the giving. I was very much into receiving. And I thought, I don't know if I can give. I, I think this is humiliating. I don't want to humiliate you. And uh, we negotiated a scene where I was goddess. And so this was like goddess nectar and that he got mm. to get filled up with like goddess nectar. And so there were a whole bunch of other issues and even getting to the pee part. I mean, I couldn't pee while someone was looking at me. So I had yes, to stage fright. I've had it. Yeah. And I've had to close my eyes and like zone out a bit. And <laughs> <laughs> I come back, but it was beautiful to watch um, our pee play turn into a, a, a beautiful giving, receiving, nurturing, and and to watch him bliss out as he's taking in more of me, and to see it as a a sign of worship and adoration, um, and not necessarily only about punishment and reward. So there's so many different angles and themes that people can get into, and I think when people are talking about their fantasies, that they Talk about the activity, but then the story around the activity. So what do you want to feel by peeing on someone or getting peed on? And, and what would you like them to feel while this is happening? And that's a little bit more of a palatable place to start talking about, well, are we going to do this? Okay, you're into this part of it, and I'm into this part of it. And so the fantasy becomes a great opportunity for communication about desires and imagination and creativity. Mm, I like that. That's awesome, and I like how you you like you brought in the word palatable to a discussion about pee. That's that's pretty. <laughs> <incredible>. yes. <laughs> that's, that that's was good. good. That was poetry right there. <laughs> it is. Now, for me personally, oh, that's a class palatable pee, pee pal- play. Palatable pee play. Yes. For, for me personally, uh, pee play is either about humiliation or about dominance, and they're mm. not always the same thing. Literally, there are times when I want to piss on my territory when it's one of my submissives. Mm. However, I have a question. Sure. And I mean, I know I'm asking it on behalf of more of the audience because this I know. But like, you are normally a very dominant person. You don't sub. However, when you. I'll sub for you. Right, but But just generally, you don't. Yeah, you don't. And 
However, a lot of people will think of piss play as you're bottoming, so therefore bottoming equals submissive. Now we all know that's not true, you know. Especially when I'm like proceeding that with fucking pee on me, bitches. Piss on on me now, whore. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, there's nothing submissive about that act. How how is that? I don't know, reconciled in your brain or Luna, do you have any any uh, input on how people use pee play in a dominant way when they're receiving? Yes. Um, so I think things that, that kind of get this rap of the activity being innately dominant or submissive is just sort of, well, it's popular that way. Um, but you could be um, dominant and demanding your submissive to give you their piss or to surrender their piss, or to fill this glass, or to to do something that is around the command over their urination, or the command over your urination in order to receive it. Um, and so it could be even, you know, holding, um, holding your hand out while they're pissing, maybe they get covered in their piss every time you have to go to the toilet, or something like that. And and you get to exchange still the the sensory experience, but the dominance then comes through less of like the giving and receiving, but more of mm-hmm. whatever the mood you're trying to create. Right. Now, I, I've always wondered something, and I don't know if I even have this thoughtfully, concretely put together, but I wonder how much of people's fascination with pee. I know that you said, you know, it's it's taboo, and we tend to fetishize what's ta- – like, you're not – that's gross. You're not supposed to do that, mm. so that's why you want to do it. Um, however – I often think back to, now I'm getting all psychological, but like back to childhood, a lot of people's first impressions of sex when they really don't know what sex is when they're very young, like I thought the grownups got together, I thought they had tarps like hidden in the closet, and they put out their tarps and they pooed and peed on each other. We like, do. That's what I thought. With se- well, then I realized <laughs> sex can be that, like my whole life came full circle. But <laughs> You were right when you were four. <laughs> But I'm wondering, and of course, this is going to be anecdotal and kind of your opinion, but I'm wondering, you know, are there some people that are kind of primally drawn to piss play? Because that's sort of our first impressions of what sex might be when we're young. What do you think about that? That would not surprise me. I'd never thought about that. But I think that that could be such a um, maybe an, an, a subconscious thing for people, even if they dress up their desires in, in BDSM or in other roles, but maybe the curiosity came from that for sure. Right, right. Interesting. So something yeah. for all of our brains to chew on. And I just thought about something else that branches off from that. What is your opinion on diaper play? Ooh, on diaper play. Whether or not you're an adult baby or not. Like some people just do it just because it's humiliating. Like I have a dom friend, uh, Mistress Maya Sinstress, who specializes in humiliation. One of the things that she loves to do is put people in a diaper, make them pee themselves. And, you know, it doesn't escape, you know, outside of the confines of the person's pants, but like have them take an Uber somewhere just for the shame of riding in an Uber while you've pissed yourself. Now, there's no scent. There's no liquid pouring out like of the You're pants. not involving someone else. Yeah, you're not involving somebody non-consensually yeah. at all. But like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And I think um, some of the things that you mentioned that aren't there, like the scent or like you're not involving other people. I mean, if those are the things that turn you on about, about pee play, then... Um, you're probably not getting that much out of diaper play. But I think it's one of those fetishes or kinks that um, is also really misunderstood and always associated with age play. And it doesn't necessarily have to be. 
Um, and it's, and those things are actually bonuses that you, you don't have the mess. It's all contained, you know, and you can port it wherever you want to. So there's some real fun possibilities, even with adjusting to the idea of uh, letting go of your bladder control outside of the environments that we usually do. Hmm. I like it. Interesting. And I just thought about the possibility of catheterization with all of this. Oh, yeah. There's so much. So much. So much. Okay. So I want to move on to more fluids. This is one of my weird personal squicks, and I don't know why, because I also think it's really hot when I see it done or if I'm giving, but saliva. Here on American Sex, we always encourage you to treat your body right when it comes to sex. I mean, who else do you know that covers their scratches with liquid bandage before getting kinky? But what about treating your body right outside of the bedroom? Take your deodorant, for instance. Many popular brands contain very questionable ingredients. I know, you like the concept of using a natural deodorant, but you've tried a few and they were a disaster, right? No matter how much you put on, you smelled, or maybe you broke out in a rash, or they gave you that dreaded white smear all over your shirts. Yeah, let me tell you, I've been there too. My experiences with natural deodorant were a total bust until I found Native. I've been using Native for a while now, and it has exceeded all my expectations. There's a reason why they've been talked up on the Today Show and Good Morning America and have over 8,000 five-star reviews. Well, first of all, it smells great. Coconut and vanilla, that's my jam. It's amazing, but the other ones smell good too. And guess what? You know, after 16 hours running around in the Las Vegas heat, going to the gym and being my usual very sweaty, very anxious self, I don't smell like BO. It really works. And I love that it's invisible. Yep, no white powdery stain. Best of all, it's safe for my body. Formulated without aluminum, parabens, and talc, it contains ingredients found in nature, like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. Native is my new go-to deodorant, and I want you to try it too. For 20% off your first purchase, go visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code SUNNY during checkout. And remember, there's no risk to try it. Native offers free returns and exchanges in the U.S. Again, head on over to nativedeodorant.com and use promo code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, for 20% off your first order. So I find a saliva really hypocritical because we French kiss people. We're smearing all st- our stuff all over. You know what I mean? Um, but when it comes to actually like spit play, like spitting in somebody's mouth or, you know, what? a lot of people are like, ew. a lot of people are either like, ooh, or ooh, or oh my God, that's so hot. I'm ooh, if it's going into my mouth, I'm just like, Ugh. if my spit's going into somebody else's mouth, I'm like, take it, bitch. Um, <laughs> so talk to me about saliva play. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love that you know the the kind of what does it for you on on both sides and I think and it it's awful too because like and I I'm, I'm gonna admit this to you Ken sometimes when we're giving double blowjobs like when I'm blowjobbing because you a good blowjob has a lot of can you spit. rephrase that please what <laughs> no, you <laughs> and me are giving double no, blowjobs when or? I am giving a double blowjob <laughs> with, with another person you? to you <laughs> thank you okay. oh that's not what so, I understood <laughs> no <laughs> but like and, and this isn't from a shame perspective I don't want people to get so turned on that they think you and I are giving double blowjobs to people 
Yeah, now I, I gotta calm it people. down. I <laughs> fantasize about that, American fuckers. Me and Kent, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. Okay, anyway. So uh You know I have the beard to hide the stretch marks, right? That's true. Yeah. Um so I will be, you know, blowjobbing with somebody else. And I know that a good blowjob has like a lot of like, if I'm giving a blowjob, I got spit dripping everywhere, dripping off your thighs is dripping. That's a good blowjob. However, when I'm, you know, tag teaming with someone who also knows a good blowjob, and they got their spit dripping down your thighs, and then I'm licking their spit. There are sometimes where I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh. <laughs> like I have to stop. I have to stop and be like, "Do not think about this other person's spit dripping all off the dick that now I'm you're just licking." Pop tart cockering didn't help. The, the pop tart we did. <laughs> this is it was like food play. There was a crumbly pop tart and blowjobs that helped because I was tasting the pop tart and not somebody else's spit. I don't know how we got here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but now I want a pop tart. Look what you've done. so yeah i mean it even grosses me out to that point and i know it's completely irrational but it does i don't know anyway talk about spit but i think that's okay i think i think the you you know we could all hear like how visceral (laughs) like the reaction (laughs) is to it so i think that's good information (laughs) yeah and i think at the same time while i i also you know i would ask someone you know what is it about it and and a lot of it sometimes it's just the text and fluids can give us that icky kind of yucky factor and it's really hard to mind over matter that you know and if it's if it's you enjoy it from another perspective great or if you find you can tolerate it in certain situations I would tell someone you know just sort of be mindful of are you kind of taking it to take it like is it distracting you from pleasure in the moment or you know is this something you can negotiate around and lots of people when they think of spit play they already have something in their head about what that means and who's the giver and who's the receiver and where does the spit go and uh, what's the vibe around it and so even thinking about well that's where your fantasy understands may start, but are there different ways to kind of think about this? And are there mm. things you really like about that, but you don't like stuff around the the other side of things? And I love that you talked about like spit, like dripping off of bodies or down thighs or down genitals. And so it can go in someone's mouth. It can go into um, other holes. It can go on things. It can go in vessels. Um, and when we're thinking about what uh, the the vibe is behind that, I think it's another one that gets misunderstood around humiliation, but it could also be very primal or very carnal or another way to fill or exchange fluids. And I want more of me inside of you through my spit or my drool. Um, lots of people play with kind of mixing their fluids. And so a big glob of drool or spit is shared between two or more mouths. And so it's like everyone is sort of ritualizing this, this fluid as, as a, um, a, a binding kind of factor. It's so funny when you said that, like... She made a squiggy face. Because I was picturing me as one of those people. Yeah. If I'm watching it, like, if I'm watching... If I was watching, let's say, a porn or a real-life scene where somebody was doing that in front of me, I'd be like, that's the hottest fucking thing. Oh, my God. But if I was one of those people exchanging spit, I... It would turn into vomit play. That's another (laughs) thing. We have to talk about that. (laughs) I'm squeaking on vomit play, so I don't know. Yeah. So all got our all thing. Spit play is okay unless somebody's hacking a loogie, and then I get a little squigged out. So like, if there's as long as nobody's like oh. getting something green coming out no. of it, yeah. Like if you're recovering from bronchitis, like don't spit oh, in my exactly. mouth. Exactly. Like, 
Sunny looks like she's gonna vomit right now. Yeah. I know. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 move on to another. Let's move on to vomit. <laughs> well, I want to move on to breast milk. Oh, oh yeah. Because Ken's like fuck vomit. Yeah. I <laughs> so so this is another one that freaks people out. I think because they're like, dude, that's for babies like you know too weird like that's for children and now you're pretending you're a child and that's where and those of us who are into age play are like big fucking yeah you're like whatever (laughs) but yeah um but what is it about breast milk because i think there's a lot more than just i'm gonna pretend i'm a little baby sucking mama titties like that's it's more than that you you need to put that as my voicemail message (laughs) Please. <laughs> in that voice, in those exact words. Mommy, I'm hungry. I want to suck your titty. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's up with uh, with boob food? Boob food. Uh, so some people are into it for the adult nursing kind of vibe and where they get to regress into feeling uh, like a baby and where they get nursed and it feels very nurturing and, and maternal. Um, and that can feel really relaxing and then eroticized with that, that, you know, you're an adult. And so you get to do and take this in whatever direction these feelings of nurturance and relaxation and maternal will go. Uh, and some people like the soothing maternal nurturing vibe without the age play and without the, the regression play or thinking about baby characteristics. They're just enjoying how good and soft and warm the fluid feels for them. Lots of people also really like the taste. They love the idea of uh, the breast milk coming from another person, but they actually enjoy the taste of it. Um, Some people also like it not necessarily from the body. They may want it in bottles or in cups or in their coffee. And so it's the idea of eroticizing the fluid coming from someone and then going into your normal um, nutrition or, or whatever you're eating or doing throughout the day. And so it becomes this naughty little play. Or in a cocktail, because remember, remember IML that one year? Like, there was a friend of ours that came and she was lactating, and we made titty coladas. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot about that. Please put that recipe up somewhere. Yeah. So we just substituted the uh, dairy for the. uh, And then there were gay men drinking breast milk, and it was like such a mind fuck, but they loved it. And then they were like, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) Because they were fascinated and horrified all at the same time. It was. It was hilarious. Like they're just on the best friend of me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So I know the answer to this question. However, I'm asking because a lot of people may be surprised. Let's pretend. Well, let's not even pretend. This is true. I'm done with my babies and my boobs <laughs> are never going to make food again. But let's say Ken was like, Mommy, I want to suck at the titty. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Okay, damn. Do it again. (laughs) Mommy, I want to suck the titties. (laughs) That was way better. That was way better. (laughs) And so I'm like, damn, you know, you're 24 years too late, man. (laughs) Can I make myself lactate even if I'm not pregnant? Ooh. Yeah. So apparently there are medications that can induce lactation, but they obviously come with other effects that are not necessarily going to be erotic for someone. But some people do take this on. And there are other practices around hand milking and uh, dietary things that can increase the likelihood, but it requires a lot of dedication. Yes, um, it does. So, 
yeah, it's going to be a commitment <laughs> if you want to do this. Um, but some people enjoy the sucking and the pretending of the breast milk as well. And so they'll, they'll get into nursing situations or the same play around uh, lactation, but without actually the milk. Hmm. So really quick, I want I want to jump in because Ken and I specialize in electric play. We teach a lot of electric play classes. Oh, I was I was waiting for you. I was like, come on, Ken. And you were just like staring into the corner. So I was like, well, I'll talk about it then. Also, I need to come to this. But yes, yeah. (laughs) Um, You can use a TENS unit to actually induce lactation, even in uh, male bodied people. Get out. I didn't know this. That's amazing. But it's the same thing. It takes a lot of dedication, the same routine every day for like three months. Right. And uh, yeah, but it simulates the the same physical actions that you would get because it feels like there's a baby sucking it. To suck it on my titty. Oh, wow. I want to suck it on my titty. We're going to do adult baby territory, which is a little hot. Because, you wanted to suck a mama titty. How do you feel sucking on daddy's big old hairy titty? I know. <laughs> so now, suck wait on a my minute. titty. Wait a minute. <laughs> Suck on daddy's hairy titty. Oh my god! Please make that my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you need to make some like clips for sale. For yeah, that. like we're gonna ching. Anyway, so <laughs> I just remembered that, and I'm going back to like my years of like being a breastfeeding mom. I could swear there was like a you would pump out your breast milk and then you would put it in some kind of contraption that would like go onto your chest where like if you were let's say you know you couldn't lactate for for some reason or you were adopted or you're um you know someone with a penis who wants to simulate that they're breastfeeding you can put these things like on your chest and like am I imagining this have you heard of this? No, I have not, but I have not okay. breastfed, so I trust you. <laughs> okay. And it's like, I could swear, I'm going to look this up and I'm going to put it in the show notes. And yeah. by the way, what else are we talking about? Oh, earlier you were talking about uh, like, look at diagrams for squirting and blah, 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 blah. Uh, American fuckers listening, go to the show notes at americansexpodcast.com for this episode. And I'll put some links to like places where you can find diagrams and learn more about squirting. And I'll Beautiful. look for this breast pumpy thing because I could swear I'm not imagining this in my head. And if I am, nobody copied this. I'm getting it patented. (laughs) And maybe we'll just sell it for sex purposes. Fuck those babies. Okay, so anyway. (laughs) On that note, fuck the babies. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's where we've landed. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So uh, there's another interesting fluid that I don't think I've thought much about. And that's sweat. I mean, I know people like to be like, oh, I like the smell of like, you know, sweaty armpits. But is there more than just like, I want to smell your armpits or whatever? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, like sweaty feet. Okay, tell me, tell me about sweat. Yeah, so I think um, some people also feel like very ashamed that they sweat. I'm a super sweaty person. And I sweat on my face. I sweat everywhere. And I often try to think about, oh my gosh, I'm sweating so much. Okay, calm down. Oh my God, I'm sweating so much. Calm down. (laughs) So it's like, it's just this cycle of battling what's naturally happening with your body. And, And so sweat kind of, for lots of us have become a sign of hygiene or, you know, like sex is getting messy or dirty and whether we like that or don't like that, it affects how we feel in the moment. 
And for other people, we're like, give me all the sweat, give me all the scent that comes with it, give me the saltiness of it, give me the source of where I have to go and put my face to get it out of. Um, So people enjoy sucking on armpit hair, they enjoy licking armpits, um, licking sweat off of areas where sweat might be pooling, so that that little sweat catcher between your thigh and your groin or the under boob sweat. Um, <laughs> ass crack sweat and so there can be a ball similar sweat. theme ball sweat yeah similar themes of the sensation the warmth the the scent the taste and and also you know I want more of this person's body I'm getting in here I'm gonna get nasty with you sex is messy and wet and I want to be covered in your scent so it also becomes very primal very much like mixing like scent and and fluids from um from armpits or or other sources of sweat. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, cuz I'm I'm just trying to think back to my own experiences and there's been times where it's like there's like really sweaty, you know, it's summertime, we don't have good air conditioning, you know, whatever, and you're sweating a lot and I might get like, you know, a drip of your sweat might go in my mouth and I could see that being like, oh, that's hot that it happened, but I've never myself like went looking to make it happen mm-hmm. you know so yeah. now i have a whole new like i gotta I got think on that I got, yeah mm-hmm. i'll love to catch like a partner right when they come in and you know maybe it's not the the whole day's worth of sweat maybe they've had a shower but i want to taste their skin and and all that comes with it so that's ah. the sweat that's the scent and and i prefer um, you know that they don't smell like soap or cologne or perfume or something like that so that I can get in there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like harvest everything. I mean, sweat play can also be around humiliation. So I think Ken mentioned feet. Um, um, so you may find someone wants your sweat from your socks or your shoes or your actual foot and, and that can be eroticized too. Interesting. I have so, super sweaty feet and super smelly shoes. So. <laughs> and hey, make it a positive. Like, yeah. yeah. Sell that shit on the internet. I'm not sure about this, but there may be a higher concentration of pheromones in sweat glands, I think, than anywhere else other in the body. So it kind of explains a kind of a primal attraction to sweat and stink. Yes. Yes. So I have two more fluids that I'm thinking about. Well, I have a couple more. Like we, we kind of. Oh, I want to talk about snot oh, jobs. Oh, oh, oh my God. Hold on. Oh, You're reading well, you my mind. It, but I can't. You're reading my <laughs> mind. So real quick, like we, we did a drive by a vomit and I think that's all we're going to do. Or it might be a standby me scene where we all just like, was it uh, sympathetic vomiting? Let's not do that. Um, there's also blood, but I think that that's a such that's a separate episode. Yeah. That's a such an intense subject with also a lot of, caveats for safety that like we need a whole hour to talk mm-hmm. about blood but that's another that's another thing mm-hmm. and vomit i i don't know if i want to have that conversation I but do. we'll see okay so yes one thing did you see me write down snot on my notebook no I can't. <laughs> is, it just, is this why we're married because you just read my mind no because you gave me a snot job and it was awesome <laughs> i did actually i know i was thinking about because as i'm sitting here i don't know if it's allergy season or what but I'm like rubbing my nose because, and then I'm like, oh, I got booger. So have you heard <laughs> of like? Oh no! So like, ch- I want to set this up though what? because so the way that it happened with us was completely accidental. She was giving me a nice sloppy blowjob with extra spit, and then she sneezed accidentally, and I'm like, fuck it, feels good, keep going. Was <laughs> it really a fetish? It was more just, eh, you know, yeah. when, when in Rome. You're right, and now because I realize like. You know, it took me a while to get over my sexual shame and to get like, okay, I'm not going to look 
you know, quote, pretty or mm-hmm. conventionally, you know, pretty when I'm giving a blowjob, I'm going to be all like, blah, blah, and my eyeliner's going to be running and there's shit going to be smeared. Not literal shit. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> Stuff going to be smeared all over. And so I really embrace like the wet, sloppy blowjob. And yeah, at first, like I remember like giving blowjobs and I, although my mouth was dripping spit everywhere, I'd stop every once in a while and be like, <laughs> like, oh no, my nose is running. And then I think it was after that time where it's like, just, I just let the snot come. I'm like, it gets me. It's all from kind of the same place. Like it's spit, snot, whatever. So do people really get off on snot jobs? There's so much snot job porn. <laughs> I there think is? that people no, I do. That. Oh my God. I don't know if it's, that's a, maybe it's a category. I don't know, but I feel like I've seen it so much. Maybe in what I'm watching. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just amazed there's like a genre of porn that I didn't realize existed. <laughs> like, what? You know what's awesome? As soon as this episode airs, like it's going to spike the number of snot job uh, yes. like, clips that are being totally. viewed or asked for customs. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I feel with snot jobs, I mean, I don't think I've ever given one or or played with snot. Um, but when I watch it, I like the messiness of it. I, I like watching the aesthetic of, of how – um, just like uninhibited and, and yeah, all the fluids are just mixing together to use what you got or what's come out and, you know, keep doing what you're doing. But I, I think I would have an aversion to playing with it in, in person. So this is good. I'm discovering, <laughs> I'm yeah. discovering where my like you hits are. Yeah. As a receiver of this, I'm all for the snot, but like, I would not like a hard crunchy booger job. That would just be, <laughs> I would see that probably get all scratched up. <laughs> You want smooth, not crunchy. Yeah. Yeah, smooth, <laughs> not crunchy. Peanut butter or snot? Which one is it? Oh, so I, I thought of one more fluid. It's not low carb? <laughs> I don't know. Is it keto? I don't know. <laughs> it is. It's all, I think it's all protein. I don't know. Now I got to look this up. Anyway. Um, what do boogers smell like? I don't know. Both of I've, you are thinking. Right I, now, totally. Yeah. I've met people that, that were like, you know, the smell of boogers. And I was like, fuck you, the smell well, of boogers. They're like, no, they Nobody... have a smell. And I'm like, they, they do? do not. How You're accustomed. They... No. I, I swear people it must be accustomed. Well, Luna, what do you think? I don't think they do. I'm going to vote no. Okay. <laughs> I'm on team no smell boogers. <laughs> no smell boogers. <laughs> okay. So there's one more fluid that I'm thinking of that I'm actually surprised, Ken, that you did not bring up. That's because, not pooper vomit? Because it's your favorite lube. Tears. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought about it earlier. I just didn't bring it up. Oh, okay. Okay. So because Tristan Terramino is still in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna talk about it too soon. Get yelled at by Tristan, which oh, is kind of hot. Yeah, because our last interview, <laughs> we were talking about butt sex, and it was like, you know, talk to your partner about butt play. And he's like, When can we ram it in? What about gaping? No, and she's you, like, slow down. You we started both did. We you both started. Did. Yeah, yeah. So we, we got ahead of ourselves. So uh, tears. Wait, this or, was about getting was tears decrophilia from anal? Or decrophilia, the, that's correct. Decrophilia. What? Yeah. So what <laughs> oh, do you sorry, know about tears? I, I was tears? asking about the lead part. <laughs> oh. Um, so with te- <laughs> That's all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, decrophilia um, can al- is also not limited to, to BDSM. I mean, people can, can enjoy tears or crying whether they're in a power exchange or not. Because um, sometimes for people, it's it's around the, the emotional vulnerability or like a strong expression 
of of tears or of uh, of emotion, and so that gets eroticized in in a context. Tears also have the the wonderful saltiness that like sweat does as well, yeah. and the fact that it's it's coming from a a really intimate um, uh, place. I mean, like eye contact or like watching someone like you know tear up and watching the whole motion of it or or using their tears as lube afterwards <laughs> it's connecting to that whole experience of like how we produce the tears right yeah 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 and I, a totally like cliff clavin ask trivia thing you just dated yourself to I cheers did. in 1983 cheers fans <laughs> you know you know cliff clavin if not it's just it's useless trivia is he the guy okay. with the mustache yeah, yeah, and he okay. always has the Thank useless you. trivia. Yeah, so, I saw <laughs> oh this documentary God, you're once. Old. So uh, anyway, Who, by the way, he was also in Empire Strikes Back. Really? Yes. Oh. Look at that. Anyway, I will put a link in the show notes to Cliff Clavin for the millennials who have no idea what grandma's talking about. Anyway. Look for him in The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so, Cliff Clavin, not his real name. No. So um, I read somewhere that like scientists were putting tears in a microscope and that the tears that your body produces for different reasons looks completely different. Like happy tears have completely different properties than sad tears or laughing tears or, you know, like I'll see if I can find an article and I'll put it in the show notes if I can find it. But I was like, Whoa, like it's really when you say they're different. Do you mean a chemical structure or the crystalline structure? Like, what are you talking about? The sciencey stuff is different when you look at it, Ken. (laughs) (laughs) It looks, it's like different science, Ken. Well, oh, like- this, these are physics tears. <laughs> these are biology tears. I get it now. Oh my gosh! If that's there was so biology cool. tears, our children would be crying all the time. They cried biology, biology tears all, all the time. Yeah, I don't know do. what you're talking about. <laughs> I love biology. Oh, how did we get here? I don't okay. know, but that's really cool. That is a fun fact. Yeah, yeah. So I'll see if, like I said, I'll I'll try to search if for that article. A fact. It is a fucking fact, Ken. It's a fact. Quite a strong bit on you over here. Like. As long as it's not a loogie. All right. So so final fluid thoughts. <laughs> what what do you want us all to know? What do you want our listeners to take away? from this episode that may help them in their future fluid endeavors. Ooh, good one. I think that uh, the biggest takeaway, and, and that's been in my experience as well, and a lot of my students is that um, when we put less of the emphasis on whatever the activity is, or like, I want to do this to you, or I want to piss on you, or I want you to piss on me, and we get connected to what we're trying to co-create, then you actually may discover a new way to get turned on. And so you may not end up with a golden shower, but maybe you end up with some other form of, um, you know, creative erotic play that you didn't even imagine. And so if you don't quite, or if you're not into it, then you're not into it and that's okay. But if you're curious or you're not sure why people might be into it, you know, do a little bit of research, read a little bit of erotica. Um, and, and if your partner says, hey, I'm into this, a great kind of response to that is, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not too sure about it or I've never really thought about it, but can you tell me more? Like, I'd love to hear more. Nice, nice. And I think for anyone listening along, that's like, I've always been into fluid play, whatever, you know, choose your poison, whatever your fluid. I've always been in a fluid play, but 
I don't know how to talk to my partner about it. And I think my partner might freak the fuck out if I'm like, can I pee on you? Mm. Here's what you do. I ran across this random podcast called Mm -hmm. American Sex. And they were talking about a thing I've never even thought about before. There's your icebreaker. So (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Right there. But now they're going to listen to this part of the podcast and it's going to like, they're going to think you're fooling them. Well, you know. It's fine. It's yeah, just yeah. Like, right now, oh my God, what a coincidence. And then laugh, you know, <laughs> produce some sciencey laughy tears and, you know, and then go play Sciencey laughy tears. Anyway. <laughs> so Luna, tell us a little bit about more where we can find you. What's going on? What are all things Luna? Oh, yes. Um, so you can find me on the web at lunamatadas.com. And I'm Luna Matadas on all the social sites except for FetLife, where I'm something shiny. And uh, <laughs> I am starting to roll out some new webinars for October and November. So definitely, um, you can find those up on my website. I've got kink webinars coming up, as well as some stuff around sensuality and feminine dominance. Um, and anytime, you know, anyone's interested in kind of taking things to the next level, I love putting out there my online pleasure coaching sessions where we can unpack a lot of these things, but to your particular perspectives and challenges and desires. Cool. Yay. Yay. Thank you. I don't know why it took us so long to do this, but we need to do it again. Oh my gosh, for sure. Yeah, totally. And um, so we're going to go right now. So we're going to say goodbye to our listeners. However, the three of us are not going to go because there's going to be a little extra something on a patreon.com slash American sex. We're going to get more Luna Matata. So if you want more, you can join us over there. And uh, Luna, thank you. Thank you, Luna. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All righty. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.